This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Is that your best Spielberg? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that guy sounds like, really. I bet That's he sounds why. like a very nice Jew. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Alright then. I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Thundercast. My name is Lucas. I'm Liam. And I'm Christian, here with yet another podcast about movies. And we're coming at you live from inside of Iron Man's Tool Shed. And today we're sponsored by Polaroid Film, for when you need to send nudes through Pigeon Carrier. With Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom coming out next week, today's episode is all about Jurassic Park. Yay. Yay. Yeah, dinosaurs, right up. Dinosaurs <laughs> are awesome. Yeah, I like dinosaurs a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Liam and I watched Jurassic Park last night. So did I. Just, just separately. Yeah, yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if you watched it. So, um, And we, you know, we kind of, well, I guess I remembered how good of a movie it is. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's, it's one of the best movies ever made. Honestly, like, sitting there, you're just captivated. It, also, it's two hours long, mm-hmm. which does it does not feel like it's two hours long. It's paced expertly. Yeah. I agree, and like, there was never a moment when I was bored watching it. No, I know it's no, true, and and it's twenty minutes into the movie before you even see a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, and an hour before there's actually an attack. As yeah. a lot of people going in, like uh, I was talking to my cousin about it because he was a kid when it came out, and he said that like he wasn't too keen on seeing because he was scared it was just going to be another dinosaur attack movie. Yeah, but he was like, no, this is beautiful. This is ma- this is just movie magic at its finest. Um, so just like a couple of things that we were looking at when, uh, we were watching the movie. Um, first of all, this is Spielberg's 15th film. Wow. Um, and, yeah. And he did, he released two in 1993. Right. This yeah. and Schindler's List. Yeah. Cause he was doing Schindler's List when, uh, this was in editing. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, reshoots and whatnot. I'm pretty sure, uh, second unit and reshoots were done by another dude. Okay. I just couldn't imagine like the thought process that you you go through when you shift from one set to the other, you know? It would be like, like you, dinosaurs, dinosaurs, dinosaurs. The Holocaust is sad. <laughs> oh, dinosaurs, dinosaurs, dinosaurs. Yeah, like basically. I, I, I couldn't imagine even just like sitting in the, like the editing room and going and like, you know, talking to Liam Neeson and being like, all right, the Velociraptor, wait. <laughs> <laughs> the Velociraptors are, nope, that would be offensive. Let's not say that. <laughs> Like, but the Nazis are raptors. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing was uh, Liam. Liam was mentioning that this is David Kep. Is that how you say his name, David Kep? Yeah, David Kep. This is one of the only David Kep scripts that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, but he also worked with uh, Michael Christian, right? Yeah, Crichton. Uh, Michael Crichton. 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 Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, like if you look at his filmography, a lot of his other movies I don't care for very much. I don't really care for Spielberg's War of the Worlds. I don't, uh, like, I think the screenplay for the first Spider-Man movie is pretty rough, and, <laughs> and I don't even like most of his directing efforts. Like, I was mad watching Premium Rush. I didn't know he wrote Premium Rush. And he directed he it. Oh, I didn't know that. That's not a huh. good movie. Oh, it's pretty shitty. Yeah, it's rough. It's the only movie I've seen with him that made me dislike Michael Shannon. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, but he's fine. Yeah. Michael Shannon's obnoxious, though. Um, I mean, the, I mean, that's the, kind of his shtick. But no, but Michael Shannon's I awesome. I love I know, that I guy. Love, I love Michael Shannon, but most of his characters are at least a little bit obnoxious. No, I mean, this guy has like this bullshit laugh and this, uh, <laughs> and he's he's literally just a dumbass cop with a gambling problem. Like, why? 
Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Dinosaurs. At least, at least we don't have any gambling dinosaurs in this, right? Yes, totally. Some of them make a couple gambles. That's yeah. a Thank you, Jurassic Park, for avoiding gambling cops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this movie is so, like, culturally significant. Yeah. Like, so much so Weird Al wrote a song about it. That's true. Right? Yeah. Um, and if you get a song by Weird Al... You have made something with yourself, right? You've done something with your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think uh, it had a profound effect on the dinosaur craze in the '90s. Definitely, yeah, mm. they were everywhere. Oh, and, yeah. and, and I guess roughly like mid 2000s, it kind of petered out. Mm-hmm. And then you know you got every other Jurassic Park movie coming out. Uh, Jurassic World kind of skyrocketed it again. Yeah, um, much different film. Yeah, we'll get there. They, they got, got, they got dinosaurs different. cool again through genetic alteration. <laughs> <laughs> if that, which says a lot about our current culture. But anyway, <laughs> um, it was also the most expensive movie of '93. Oh, sixty-three million dollars. That's wow. That's yeah. like pocket change compared to what movies are made for now. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, looking at it now, the second most expensive film of '93 was Tombstone. Okay. At twenty five million, Jesus, really? Yeah, wow, massive difference there. Um, and then the third That's is a Bronx money. Tale, which is twenty two million. And then Schindler's List, another uh, Spielberg uh, vehicle, twenty two million. So uh-huh. the guy spent what, like eighty five million dollars on movies that year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, wish I could this, spend this that was, much on movies. Yeah, this was Spielberg's like kind of. Part of his golden age, though, so people were just throwing money at him. Yeah, and, I mean, and he how, was making tons of money off his movies. And how could you not? Because the guy has, like, up until this point, had made nothing but like what are considered masterpieces at some point. You know, Pretty much, yeah. Like Jaws, um, uh, the E.T., E.T., Indiana Jones movies. Um, the guy kind of has petered out in years. Since. Yeah, like I, I mean, I still, I still like most most of the movies that he comes out with, but none of them are of the caliber they used to be. Yeah, did you see Ready Player One? No. Okay. I guess I'm the only one who's seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's just... it's fun. Yeah. It, it's not particularly very good, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of moments in it where you really see the Spielberg magic again. Oh yeah. Um, and the man loves to self-reference himself. There's a, there's, a, <laughs> well, there's that, dinosaurs. That's, yeah. that's the thing. I saw the trailer and I was just like, I already get pissed off that we kind of just live in an age of nothing but nostalgia, <laughs> and it's like. And I'm like, why would I just watch the shit that I already... Or why would I watch something that homages the shit I already love mm-hmm. when I can just go back and watch the shit I love? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I did read the book. Oh, I haven't seen the movie. I didn't. I couldn't mm-hmm. finish the book. I started oh, yeah. reading it, and I did not like it. <laughs> Is the book full of uh, Spielberg, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I guess the guy who wrote it... What's his name? David Klein? Or, uh, no. Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you can tell he's a fan. Uh, he, he's, 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 he, he's just kind of a professional fan. It yeah, honestly, it, it honest to God, just reads like an encyclopedia list of all the shit he likes. Have you it read does. it, too? Uh, I started reading it, as I was saying, and I couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. I just, like, the pro- I could not do the prose. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't get past it. I just... It, it's not well written. I'll, I'll, I'll admit I enjoyed it the first time through, but I re- started reading it again a couple months ago, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's, <laughs> How? It, where are standards at right now, guys? <laughs> but on the note of fan stuff, this uh, Jurassic Park is, the, is a movie for dinosaur fans, but also just, you know, just people, people who like movies. Exactly. Obviously. Took the words um, right out of my mouth there, buddy. But uh, <laughs> have you read Jurassic Park? I haven't, no. Okay, again, I, I'm the only one who's read that. Um, <laughs> the book is inherently different. Um, obviously, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, from my knowledge, it was being written 
uh, and Spielberg heard about it, he, and he went to Crichton, and he was like, hey, I heard you're making a book about dinosaurs, can I make it into a movie? And he actually, there was this whole bidding thing about the film rights, where Spielberg outbid James Cameron and Tim Burton for the rights to make a movie to Jurassic Park. Yeah, so Michael Crichton was basically the prettiest girl at dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's just standing there, tiptoeing, fingers, legs crossed. Yeah. I've got dinosaurs! <laughs> Who wants some dinosaurs? And then, uh, obviously, how could you not go with Spielberg? And so the, the book wasn't even finished by the time uh, the movie was about to come out. So wow. the book, I think the book came out in 92. I might be wrong, but we can fact, fact check that real quick. Yeah, let's see. Michael Crichton originally conceived a screenplay about a graduate student who recreates a dinosaur. He continued to wrestle with the idea um, and his fascinations with dinosaurs and cloning until he began writing Jurassic Park. Uh, Jurassic Park was released in 1990, so it was two, three years before Jurassic Park, the movie, came out, mm-hmm. um, which gave people enough time to get familiar with uh, the concept and that sort of stuff. And in the book, too, they, they go really deep into the science. Okay. Like, like unbelievably deep into it about how, how they are actually cloning the dinosaurs, the genetic modifications, mm-hmm. things like that, which in Jurassic Park, the movie, they kind of do. So Liam and I, when we were watching it last night, we noticed that, um, you know, there's that scene where they're on the ride or whatever, where um, uh, Hammond is uh, showing, like, doing the, the speech or whatever. Uh, all of the main characters are talking about the genetic modification. So Malcolm, um, Ellie, and, and Alan Grant. And they're asking all of the questions that the audience is asking. And mm-hmm. then within mm-hmm. 15 seconds, they answer it immediately. Like, that's that's really good writing. Yeah. That's fantastic direction. Because what you're doing is you're providing the audience with everything they need to know without answering it. And then, oh, oh, here's your answer. <laughs> yeah. and, good, and good performances, too, because they made the exposition seem interesting. Yeah, one, and especially uh, having... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, one thing I uh, wanted to note is the fact that one thing I love about this movie, and it is in direct contrast with movies we make now, is that no character in this movie is an absolute action hero. That's true. Like, they're all just That's dudes. True. Like, uh, uh, Sam, Sam Neill's like a 40-year-old dude. Oh, 40-year-old man. Yeah. I mean, they're all brilliant people, because mm-hmm. they're like scientists and whatnot, but, but but like physically, they're normal people. Well, the one guy who goes to do something heroic gets eaten by a yeah. velociraptor. Yeah, yeah right? that is true. And he's just like... You know, and even he, even he's just yeah, uh, something like that. And even he is just kind of like, yeah, I deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> there are no Pratt, Mick, Chris Pratts in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. So there's a lot of uh, motifs in the film too that you you kind of pick up on, and a lot of foreshadowing that you pick up on as in in rewatching it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the beginning of the movie. Um, um, Alan Grant talking to that bratty little kid, mm-hmm. and he's slicing him with the with the yeah. raptor claw. That's basically him explaining that raptors are fucking hard to kill. Yeah, like, they're, they're dangerous. Impossible. They are cold blooded killers. And, yeah, and it, it's a, it sets up a it's a double sort of uh, setup. It sets up the raptors and also sets up Grant's dislike of kids. So it right. kind of uh, starts his arc off. Yeah, um, and then you have. Uh, when Alan Grant's on the airplane and he puts the two female ends yep. of the, of the seatbelt together, you know, that's just what very little, but then when you get there a little later, um, what, what is it, like within five minutes, and they explain that every dinosaur in Jurassic Park is a woman, you're like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, or 
when um, that saying I can't I, I can't remember the the, the guy's name, um, the action hero guy. Muldoon. Um, yeah, and he's standing it on top of the raptor uh, thing, and he says, uh, you know, she, you could tell if you look at her eyes, you can tell that she's working things out. And then the other one is like, you know, they remember. So that sets up later on when Ellie says, unless they figured out how to open doors. And then within two seconds, she fucking opens a door. <laughs> like, of course they're going to remember. Of course they're going to oh, figure yeah. stuff out. Um, and then the Dilophosaurus teasing in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like little references to them being, uh, especially when they're on the, 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 the tour. And the overhead speaker is just like, one of the most dangerous dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. And then, sure enough, Nedry gets the, the thing in the face, gets devoured. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, you have like the perfect setup for each character um, and how they are set up um, at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, Ellie, Ellie is loving, but she's fierce. Alan is a wise and he's quick. Hammond is caring and he's humble. Malcolm is a cocky douchebag. Um <laughs> And, you know, uh, and then <laughs> Nidri is super sneaky, uh, and then the kids are innocent, but they're really never annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when they are pestering, they're just kids. Yeah, and it's they, like, it's endearing. Kids. It's endearing. It's yeah, not obnoxious. They, they actually wrote children as children. <laughs> Which is something nobody seems to be able to figure well, out. Well, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I, well, because especially if you're an adult writing for children. Yeah. You can't, it's hard to think about when you were a kid and try and remember, you know, your mannerisms and, and your, um... Uh, like uh, motifs and that sort of stuff when you when you were a child, and then to plug that into a screenplay, you know, it's almost impossible. Yeah, the only guy who I think kind of always just gets it right off the top of my head is maybe like Shane Black, but even then, like uh, he doesn't always hit it a hundred percent out of a park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Spielberg has worked with kids mil- like hundreds of times, right? Mm-hmm. And in each in, incarnation of, of of kids he has in his movies. Um, like Elliot and E.T. Mm-hmm. I believe that kid is seeing an alien and yeah, he yeah. believes it, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the kids in Jurassic Park. They see a dinosaur for the first time. They're like, fuck. fuck. Yeah. There's a motherfucking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, if, if I saw that, I'm, I'd probably pass out. You yeah, know, I like, like Grant's almost passes out. He just yeah. put his head between his knees. No, uh, <laughs> I would have shit a brick for sure. And then it's also just pumped full of 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like it, but in the right way. Yeah, never in a way where it feels too dated. I mean, that's another thing too. Talking about like the the design of, of that sort of thing, like the VFX versus the special the special effects. This is like a, the the practical effects versus the VFX. It's a masterwork. Yeah, this oh, is man. an excellent it's example incredible. of what I'm talking about when I say use as much practical as possible. Because like that uh that sick uh, Triceratops still looks amazing to this day. It does. Um, the T Rex looks great. Um, even like the raptor puppets and whatnot. I would say some of the CGI is slightly dated, but it was 24 years ago. 25 now. 25 years ago, yeah. yeah. Um, it, well, exactly. And right? it looks it looks better than some of the CGI that has come out in the last it, like years. So it, it yeah. looks better than any other Jurassic Park film we've gotten. It's true. That's true. Uh, like I mean, you you look back on Black Panther. Right. Yeah, some like, of the effects were pretty bad. Yeah, they're weird. Like, yeah, like, especially when they're fighting in the the hyper tunnel or whatever. Yeah. Also, those rhinos look like shit. Yeah, or even <laughs> I did rewatch it at home on a smaller screen. It looks okay. Like yeah. they they don't look like animatronic rhinos or anything like that, which would would have probably been better. And they had the money for it, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the other thing I was gonna say is that. Given, like, how much this movie was made for at the time, given, like, we get movies made now that are made for, like, $300 million, 
Like, I remember watching Justice League, and I was like, there is no excuse for why this looks so rough. <laughs> you had $300 million. And I'm it's curious. the Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. I am curious, though. What would... It was $63 million? Mm-hmm. What would $63 million uh, in $1993 be now? Oh, because like of inflation. inflation? Yeah. Another thing is is the movie had, does have a number of very small plot holes. Mm. Uh, but they almost... You, you breeze right over them. Or, yeah, like the T Rex being able to climb up the wall. Yeah, that's 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 the one glaring like thing when on upon rewatches. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, the the T Rex just literally walked out of there, and now it's a like fifty foot drop. It also what? has its fair share of like bullshit science, like like oh, I yeah. could maybe buy digging up a mosquito and extract and being able to extract blood. However, that mosquito, I'm assuming, uh, took blood from plenty of different dinosaurs. So wouldn't there like be a weird mishmash and mess of like that it would be impossible to decode? Oh, uh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, but I mean they are genetically modifying dinosaurs, so I think they'd be able to select certain DNA chains or whatever. Yeah, no, I just don't. I just feel like you'd get more like mutant monsters than you would dinosaurs. But yeah, okay. So but, sixty-three million dollars today would be a hundred and nine million dollars. Okay, I'm just that's over. So you know, seventy-three percent increase. That that's a lot of money. That's not as much as, like, some other major motion pictures are being made for right now, like, um... Dude, that's still considered, compared to blockbusters right now, that's considered more of a B-list blockbuster. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at, like, even Black Panther, I'm pretty sure, was 500... It was 250 mil. 250 mil. Um, But then we look at something like Ready Player One, 175 million. So, Spielberg knows how to make movies for cheap. Like, oh, com- yeah. comparatively to other people. Yeah, guys like Spielberg and Ridley Scott know how to make movies look amazing with, like, a so little money. Right. It's true. But also, um, keep in mind, especially for, like, Jurassic Park, sure, uh, you have um, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum. But those, at the time, they weren't super high-profile pro- Yeah, they were more D-list actors. Yeah. but And, like, when you look at a modern movie like um, Justice League or Infinity War, they have very high-profile actors who have super high wages. Yeah. And that's a huge chunk out of the budget. Right. Even though some of them, I don't think, have a right to charge as much for a performance <laughs> as we do. Well, they like, have, uh, I, I think they have the right to charge however much they can get. Yeah, but yeah. well, Robert Downey Jr. He got fifty percent, or was it? I think it was fifty percent of the um, uh, cast budget for Infinity War. Damn. He and everybody else had to share the other fifty percent, <laughs> which is just absurd. But <laughs> you know, right. Robert Downey Jr. is the reason why those movies exist. It's true. He's, he was the vessel in which we get all of the Avengers films. He is going to die a very, very rich man. He's going to live a very rich man. <laughs> I mean, like he's going to be—he's probably going to be like Brando or something. Where it's just like there's still money being sorted out from Brando's estate. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's still a lot of money that gets moved around. Like I wouldn't—I oh, wouldn't I put sure. it past Robert Downey Jr. to light cigars with. One dollar bills, you know? <laughs> um, and then there's just a couple things. We'll, we'll, we'll. I guess we can go from like the beginning of the movie, um, in terms of just like kind of discussing about it. So you know, the movie. I I always forget that opening scene. For some reason, I always think the movie opens with the um, Badlands. Yeah, and that, sorry, and that's so interesting because that scene as a kid actually, like I saw Jurassic Park when I was like three years old, and it didn't scare me too much but apparently according to my dad that's the scene that really got to me mm. like he almost was like liam are you okay can we keep watching this <laughs> yeah that's like the raptor bit at the beginning there yeah and it's it is scary it's very scary <laughs> but it is. and that that's not quite what the movie's about 
So it does seem a little out of place, but at the same time, what it does is it sets you up for the tension for what you're getting out of the rest of the film. And then one thing that Jurassic Park does so well is it has these emotional dips where it'll go really high and mm-hmm. then, oh, we got to lower it down a little bit. Let the audience have a break. Um, it's not something like Crank or, or Hardcore Henry where it's just like, oh, yeah, go! <laughs> yeah, or uh, shoot them off shit. or yeah. uh, commando. Right, where it's just <laughs> constant, you know? And I, Spielberg knows how to take his time and, so, and, and set stuff up. So it goes from there into the, uh, the guy coming on the, dra- the raft. Yeah. And then going in and finding the the amber, and then from the amber they go to the badlands. It's setting you up like dinosaurs are dangerous. This is how we got the blood. This is how we got the bones. These are our main characters. These are our main characters. Yeah, and then we're ready to go. And the way they set up Ellie and Alan, like literally, Alan's first line is "I hate computers," and that just says so much. Yeah, about but just his character and the entire movie. Right. And just the paleontology community in general. Where it's like, because like, I mean, I relate with them on that. Computers are my mortal, mortal enemy. Oh, I love computers. But uh, <laughs> something I just, I just, just realized, um, you know, in the beginning of the movie when he like puts his hand near the computer and it like warps up, mm. compared to the end when he's holding the door closed and then it closes, it's almost just like, okay, he's not bad luck. <laughs> right? Um, but... So the movie kind of like progresses, and then and then you get to um, I think it's the the yeah it's John Hammond in the in the trailer celebrating doing whatever he needs, and then I think it goes to Nedry on the island. I think you're right. Yeah, he's yeah. in uh, Costa Rica, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like Dodson. We got Dodson here, right? <laughs> um, nice like, hat. You're trying to look like a secret agent. <laughs> um, and then from there you get to Jurassic Park. That's 20 minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, um, in that first act, you get four of the most quotable lines. Two of which happen 10 minutes apart from each other. Two of which, 30 seconds within each other. And then the next one, five minutes later. So it's just go... Like, the movie really knows what it's doing. Because, what are the lines? Um, like, uh, life finds a way. Mm-hmm. Um you bred raptors, <laughs> or uh, just because uh, you did some, uh, you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and then I can't remember what the first one is. Like what happens when you monkey around with nature? Like uh, the implications of that. Yeah, and, play, and they show God. that. Sorry, they just play God, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No um, but there's they also do that visually. Like there's a lot of stuff in there with it's cautionary stuff that, that is just put there. As like really subtle warnings, like when they're on the ride and Alan Grant pushes the the seatbelt off, mm. right? That's yeah. showing like this park is broken. It's not it's ready. Not ready, but yeah. they're still showing it to people. And, and again, they emphasize that again when they get out of the cars to go see the Triceratops, uh, or yeah. even the fact that you still have guys in the background while we're driving, just building up enclosures. Yeah. yeah. Building up sets uh, oh, also, stuff. by the way, were those just set guys that were that weren't quite done preparing <laughs> that Spielberg just left in the shot? <laughs> it's like, well, we got to make the movie, uh, Steven. They're still painting, and he's like, "Fuck it, they're extras now." <laughs> They're not, they're not getting paid anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting paid anymore. Hey, we just won't tell them they're in the movie. Hey, you guys want to be in a movie? <laughs> no. Well, fuck was you. That, was that your best Spielberg? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even 
even know what that guy sounds like, really. I bet he sounds like a very nice Jew. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right, then. I'm going to cut that out. (laughs) Um, Spielberg just seems like a wonderful man. Yeah, I agree. I mean... I've heard he's really nice. Mm-hmm. I've heard Spielberg like he's really good to talk to. Apparently, he's really, really good to kids, as opposed to James Cameron, who is for a reason Carrie Han never came back to movies after mm-hmm. Aliens. Yeah, yeah. Liam and I kind of toss this around. Uh, I'm not sure really when the second act shifts in, but we had said first it was maybe when the kids show up. Okay, around there. Around there, I'd it's, say I'd say it's more the dinosaur tour. But I think yeah. I think you, it's around that area. Well, because they show up right before the tour starts. Exactly, yeah. And then uh, it's almost like the shift because then what really kicks the movie into high gear is uh, Nedry activating, the, mm-hmm. like executing the, the thing. And to me, that's kind of where the movie really kicks in. And then on top of that, that's also where you get your first dinosaur attack, which is uh, an hour and two minutes into the film. Yeah. An hour or two minutes of a two hour long movie. About dinosaurs. About dinosaurs that are killing people. Well, not really, but uh, you don't see a dinosaur attack until an hour in. Literally halfway through the film. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, like, this movie's so, like, well paced, well told, and so just thoughtful, character and idea driven. Extremely well structured. Yeah, that you don't, you don't really need to have the dinosaurs. They, They kind of are just. Well, I mean, you need to have dinosaurs in a movie called Jurassic Park, but they kind of provide the the tension while the characters are, are really what you're invested in, um, which is something that some of the, the future Jurassic Park movies really didn't do. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like, yeah, just the fact that there was actually, like, majesty to the dinosaurs and how they, and, like, how the characters can uh, just watch them go around their habitat in their most innocent and just pure majestic fashion, mm-hmm. like, one thing that drives me crazy with the sequels is how every time they first see a dinosaur, with the possible exception of Jurassic World, um, they just go up. Every time they see a dinosaur, it just wants to fucking kill them. It's just a big <laughs> murderous monster. I'm like, no, what happened to like just watching uh, the, uh, the brontosaurus just walking through the meadows? And, yeah, brachiosaurus. Is it brachiosaurus? Yeah. Oh. Because brontosaurus is not a real dinosaur. Oh, right. We've had this conversation. Yeah, that's how we got our name. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I guess it is a brachiosaurus. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then at that point, uh, after the dinosaur attack, that's for stuff. Uh, movie takes a serious tonal shift. Yeah, it slows right down, kind of eases you off, makes you feel comfortable with the situation again, and then uh, the colors even dip. We, oh, we yeah. go from bright, vibrant colors to like dark and blue, and yeah, every everything gets much darker. That's mm-hmm. right. And then there's a lot more emphasis on on. Blues and reds, I find. Mm. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on red, uh, like in the background, but uh, when Hammond is eating the ice cream and Ellie comes in, mm-hmm. um, you see all of the the memorabilia for Jurassic Park. Most of it's red, and also yeah. that one uh, baseball tee. I want that baseball tee. You see him shot with like the the, the gray arms. and red arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if anybody could send that to me, any of our supporters, assuming we have any, please send me that, motherfuckers. <laughs> And I don't think they'll send it to you now. They <laughs> curse him out. Um, and then even on the poster, right? Poster, the main focus is the T-Rex and then mm-hmm. just, just covered in red. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, the second real shift or the second real um, jump into dinosaur action is when you see the raptor in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an hour and 43 minutes into the movie. Wow, you only get 20 minutes of Raptors. Less than that, because yeah. the credits are five minutes That's long. That's true. 
So you get ten minutes of Raptor, <laughs> and but it is glorious. And that scene when they're just going through the kitchen is terrifying. That's oh, another man. part. Everything with the Raptors as a kid kind of creeped me out a bit. Mm-hmm. And then in the second one, it's like they're running through a trailer park and on a beach. It's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get they get it, it's comical, but yeah. in this, it's not funny. Yeah, like I mean, it's a, there's a little bit of humor there, like when um, the one Raptor comes in and like chirps at the other one, and the other one's like. Fuck you. <laughs> oh yeah, but there's none of that bullshit of like gymnastics kicking a dinosaur out a window. Yeah, let's let's not even talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it and there's so much really good um, setup in that scene too for what you're gonna get at the very end with like the the raptors like poking their head around corners and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do get to see the raptors throughout the film, but you never get to see them full. And you mm-hmm. see it in full when Ellie is, she grabs um, Sam Jackson's arm yeah. <laughs> and walk it over and then she's leaning up against the thing, the, the, the wall, and then mm-hmm. you see you see the full face come in. Yeah, and, and I think that scene when she's like, Mr. Ham, we're back in business and the raptor comes out from behind her. Yeah. That's one of the best jump scares in any movie ever. Right, because that incredible. one, you totally don't see that coming. No. What else? Um, then at the, you know, the movie comes to a conclusion. And and mm-hmm. you have uh, that glorious shot of the T Rex mm-hmm. and the when the dinosaurs ruled the earth banner falling down over it. Yeah, like just that little touch. That's yeah. all it took. People probably could have walked away from that movie with the T Rex roaring, and it would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. But you add that little bit of it falling down, and then you have Alan Graham jump into the truck, and he's like, you know, after serious consideration, I have chose not to support your part. Yeah, he's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And also, there's that little shot at the end of like just where the characters are all at. Like you have kids snuggling onto Grant. You have um, um, Hammond just looking at his uh, mosquito and amber cane, mm-hmm. um, and it just Malcolm just... sitting in the window, horrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. The other thing that Liam and I were kind of discussing last night was, do you think the movie ends too fast? Or, do, like, does it does it end, or does it just stop? I think it ends. Yeah, I think I, so, too. Yeah, and I yeah. had, I, for a little bit I had, but it just stops. But then, like, what I think what gives it actual film closure is, again, just seeing those characters wherever we're at now. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of closing Specifically Alan with the kids. Yeah, because for some reason I always remembered it as just, like, um... Oh, was it? It's just like they hop in the copter and it goes off. It had been a few yeah. years since I had seen Jurassic Park. But, like, that was something that bugged me for years. And watching it again last night, I'm like, you know what? That's not a problem anymore. Yeah, yeah no, not and at all. Speaking of the scene uh, with the Raptors and the T Rex, that's one of my favorite entrances ever. Even if, even if it doesn't make sense. Like, how the T Rex get in there? I don't know. I don't care. It's awesome. Well, <laughs> even, uh, well, what's interesting also is that so many people going in thought the T Rex was going to be the big bad, but he's almost more of an anti hero. Yeah. Yeah. The villain or in the she's movie. She's almost more of an anti hero. Yeah, the villain in the movie is the Raptors. I would say. I actually kind of disagree. I would say that the T Rex and the uh, Raptors. Are the antagonists, but I wouldn't call them villains because they're they're animals That's acting fair. on instinct. Right. I guess I guess this is one of those examples of like man versus himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Or man versus nature. Um, man like, versus nature. Yeah. When you really break it down, the closest thing they have to a bad guy is Nedry, but he's just kind of a jerk. Yeah, and he dies, yeah. and, and no one really interacts with him except for John Hammond and mm-hmm. and Dodson. You know, like that's it. I mean, Pretty even much. like Hammond is uh like Hammond fucked everything up, but he's like, uh, but he's not a bad dude. He's a genuinely good guy with noble great intentions like he didn't even think about pricing and money mm-hmm. uh, was it, that was all his lawyer stuff it's just that he lacked foresight and fought, and became a little arrogant yeah well he's, yeah. he's Willy Wonka 
you know? Basically, he's Willy Wonka, but with dinosaurs. And he's like, oh, I just want to share this shit. Oh, and he's jittery, and he's, he just wants to spread it with the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, as they used to say with Justin Trudeau, just wasn't ready. Right? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the one thing I love is, uh, and again, it, it just breaks these genre tropes that I hate. Like, the whole big, money-hungry giant just looking to make a few extra million dollars yeah. and doesn't care about anybody. But no, Hammond completely breaks that trope, and that's something I love and admire about uh, yeah, he, Jurassic Park, and it takes the movie another step up for me. Yeah, he doesn't care about money, but he is, at a point in the movie, he has tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. He's so incredibly focused on his park, on his dinosaurs, he's not really considering that people are dying. Yeah, but Until like, he has that scene, the ice cream scene with Ellie, and then that kind of shifts his character. Yeah, like he comes around, like he's not, like in any other movie, he would be the jerk, but exists solely to be the jerk so he could get his comeuppance in the end. That's yeah. It's like in the book. Yeah, and that's, oh, yeah. A, and that's a trope I hate in movies and in mm-hmm. just and in books and just about anything. Mm. In the book it does work because he's, he's balanced out with so many other good characters. Um, but yeah, in the book, he's he's just a righteous douche. Yeah, like, just he, he, okay. he all he's money hungry. He's he's very greedy. But in the movie, he doesn't care about that. Like, yeah, he's a enigmatic, ag- ag- you know, rich dude, mm-hmm. like very eccentric. But I think I think the way um, oh, who plays uh, who plays him Richard Attenborough. The way Attenborough plays him is is. Like I said, Willy Wonka, but yeah, yeah. But, but doing it in it's a like, way that that um, uh, who played Willy Wonka? Uh, Gene, Gene Wilder. Had, yeah, Gene Wilder. Uh, Gene Wilder just did, like had a different aspect to it. He was childlike, um, but he while, was like something was crooked, right? While John Hammond is is adult, but not very crooked. Right? Like yeah. like I I see his performance as childlike, yes, but also slightly unhinged. Right, yeah, because he is kind of crazy. He's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you you got to be crazy to think like dinosaurs. <laughs> like dinosaurs. And what's so cool is that the movie almost for the first little bit has you going. It's like, oh, this is so cool. This is a good idea. But then one of the characters are like, no, this isn't good at all. This yeah, is. I, I think I think the shift is when Grant realizes they're breeding raptors. Yeah, or you he, right, raptors. Yeah, you <laughs> right, raptors. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is not good at all. In fact, this is dangerous. Yeah, Al- Alan Grant was so... He was into the idea, like, so hard until he learned that they were breeding, breeding velociraptors. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, shit. All right, um, and then the other thing I was going to ask, do you guys know how many people die in the movie? Um, the guy at the beginning, the lawyer, um, the Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson, Nedry, uh, Muldoon. <clears throat> I think it's I think it's only five. Yeah, which which is crazy comparatively to like movies nowadays. Liam and mm-hmm. I watched the trailer that it just got released today um, for Halloween. Oh, okay, the new Halloween movie that's coming out in October. Holy shit, was I disappointed? Yeah, because it just looks like another Rob Zombie stabby 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 movie, which is not what those movies. Yeah, are The only about. intriguing thing about it is Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Right, and you mm-hmm. look back on the first Halloween. What, 77 or something? Yeah, where it's like just slow, methodical, tense. And not a lot of people die, comparatively, right? And the same thing with Jurassic Park. Five people die. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World. So many people oh, die. Oh, so many. <laughs> yeah, so many. Well, you can't even count it. Well, by the halfway <laughs> point in Jurassic World, just kind of becomes carnage, 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 uh, mega shark versus giant octopus. <laughs> <if nonsense. laughs> um, there is one part in uh, Jurassic Park where Sam Neill's accent comes through. He drops really? the, Yeah, because yeah, he's a New Zealander, isn't he? Or? Yeah, yeah. He's, he, well, he's, he's, I think he's an American who lives in New Zealand, but whatever. 
uh, when he throws the stick at the um, at the fence. Yeah, at the fence. Yeah, he's like, looks like the power's off. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Also a great scene. He grabs the fence. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good because it shows that he is he's actually starting to care for these. Yeah, people. like starting yeah. to joke about. I mean, he's being an asshole, but. You know, endearingly, I mean, instead of I, instead of the first scene where he's just traumatizing a kid because he well, annoyed him. Well, it's something like one of my uncle. It's something that probably one of my uncles would have done. Oh yeah, my dad would have done something like that. Um, okay, but there's one thing I did want to talk about. This is a theory. It seems to have been put to rest that the kid Grant's talking to at the beginning is Chris Pratt in uh in uh Jurassic, Jurassic World. <laughs> Which I it, mean, maybe yeah. Maybe Chris a, Pratt said no. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> I have a feeling that if that was the case, knowing how unsubtle Jurassic World is, they would have thrown a line in about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, totally. When I was a kid. Yeah, so on that note, the subtlety of Jurassic Park, like, beforehand, with the, this first movie, even the second one more so, like, they do handle things very subtly, like, at times, until it becomes precedent, and then it's just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dinosaur, um, but everything leading up to that. Um, same thing with the marketing for the movie. So if you go back and you watch the trailers and the TV spots and stuff for the for the for Jurassic Park, you don't really see a lot of dinosaurs. Yeah, or barely any. Apparently Steven Spielberg was so impressed with his dinosaur effects that he did not want the audience to see them at all until they went to the theater. Like yeah. I, I had mentioned earlier, even the poster, all you see is an outline of a fossil. Even on yeah. the DVD cover I have, like all it is is the front of a T-Rex face. <laughs> and then you see the poster for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay, <laughs> I, I got, I'll, I'll take it because the poster looks fucking sweet. But I get it's about dinosaurs now. Subtlety and the 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 very smoothness of of transitioning people into believing that dinosaurs is out the window. Yeah, because you know? people will believe anything. Now. Yeah, which is a shame because like I mean, just the fact that so many people don't seem to appreciate dinosaurs anymore. I'm like, I don't care. No matter how old you get, how young you are, or whatever happens to you in your life, dinosaurs will always be fucking cool. Yeah, I agree. But also, we grew up during a dino craze. True. So that probably had a profound impact on our like, on our opinions about dinosaurs. When you're if you're a kid. You're, what, 10 years old when you watched Jurassic Park for the first time, maybe? Mm-hmm. Well, I was one years old when it came out. One yeah. years old. One I, year old. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> no, you're 94, right? I'm 93, but in July. Yeah, and I wasn't born yet. I'm 96, so... Uh, Jurassic Park is actually 25 years old, because it came out on June 9th. So, as a... We're recording this on June 8th. So, oh, tomorrow shit. is Jurassic Park's birthday. Damn. Happy birthday, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right on. That's awesome. I'm really glad that... We... No, that's convenient. That was yeah. not planned. No, not at all. What I mean, can we we're... say? We're a bunch of freaking geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was, to be fair, that was its um, premiere. Mm. So, its actual theatrical release was June 11th. Okay. But... Still, very we'll, close. We'll give it, we'll give it yeah. its due. Happy birthday, Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what else is left to say about Jurassic Park. Oh, uh-huh. well... Who's writing for some dino facts with Lucas? <laughs> I'm ready, Lucas! <laughs> Alright, so, we're just going to talk about how the movie gets dinosaurs wrong. I'm just kidding. Obviously it gets dinosaurs wrong because we don't actually know anything about dinosaurs except their skeletal structure. For a, re- but- for a record, paleontologists turn out love this movie. <laughs> and we love paleontology. First off, let's talk about the brachiosaurs in the movie. Brachiosaurs are most likely mostly correct... But also, um, you know that scene, the first scene with the Brachiosaurus where it kind of gets up on two legs and starts eating from the top of the tree? Yeah. yeah. Most likely, Brachiosaurus would not have been able to physically do that. Because they, they, weigh, they weighed so much, 
they would literally break their own legs if they only had two. Um, well, actually, Lucas, <laughs> aren't they technically mixed with frog DNA? Well, you know what, Liam? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're talking about real Brachiosaurus. Yeah, okay? yeah, really, come on. None of this, none of this hokey-pokey Jurassic bullshit. Next, we're going to talk about the Dilophosauruses. Right. Um, Which, for the longest time, was my favorite dinosaur. Oh, yeah? yeah. I'm about to ruin them. Ah. <laughs> there is no evidence that they spat venom. Hmm. And there is no evidence that, that, that they had decorative uh, frills that pop in and out. Yeah, because those, from what I understand, were based on a, a lizard down in Australia. I believe so, yes. You know, it's not the first thing you've ruined for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, next, how about let's go with the T-Rex. The T-Rex, uh, many paleontologists theorize, was actually feathered, at least in warmer climate or colder climates, I mean. Most likely, at least some species of rex were feathered. And yeah, uh, likely it was. It, it's possible that the T. Rex were herd animals, also due to fossils that were discovered a couple of years ago. Uh, it was also theorized that they're scavengers, not hunters, as I said before. And it's extremely unlikely that their uh, vision was based on movement. Mm. So you're telling me that the good dinosaur by Disney got dinosaurs more accurate than Jurassic Park. <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's, some of them some even had feathers. That's kind of a scary thought. <laughs> Do you think they all sounded like Sam Elliott? Probably. <laughs> I think all dinosaurs had Sam, Sam Elliott's voice. I think that's <laughs> a imagine? scientific fact. Did you imagine? Just all dinosaurs, yeah. all the time. <laughs> Give me something a dinosaur would say. Story. I don't know. Ram. That. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm a triceratops. <laughs> uh, and also, um, just even if the vision was based on movement, he still would have been able to smell them. Yeah. <laughs> he has a nose. He even blows Grant's uh, hat off his head. And it's a massive nose. nose. Massive nostril. There are yeah. more massive hairs inside the nose. <laughs> Dogs can smell really well. They got big snouts. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's, also, based on its skeletal structure and likely body mass, it would not make nearly as much noise as it does in the movie. Really? Yeah. The, the brachiosaurus they, would probably make about that much noise. You, you know, that's one thing that I'm super interested in is like what noise the dinosaurs would have made. Yeah, we have no idea. Yeah, and I don't think you'll ever be able to figure yeah. it out. And I, I, don't, I, don't mean the, I don't mean the roar. I mean, like, when he steps. Oh. The iconic. Uh, water vibration thing. Mm -hmm. Likely that wouldn't happen if a T-Rex was walking nearby. Really? Yeah. Would it be like a tiptoe? I, we don't know. <laughs> Fair. Uh, and last but not least, I want to talk about velociraptors. Uh, I think most people are aware that veloc actual velociraptors were only two feet tall, feathered, and like five to six feet long. They're also probably intelligent, Probably not intelligent enough to open doors. <laughs> Weren't they also like incredibly feathered? Yes, That's, they were. Yeah. yeah, they were heavily feathered. Uh, the ones in the movies uh, resemble what uh, Utah raptors, but Utah raptors weren't actually discovered or at least named until halfway through the movie's production. So we can't blame them for that. But the species that did exist or that we knew about before the movie uh, came out was the uh, Deinonychus, if I am pronouncing that correctly. Xenonychus was kind of what they based the look of the Velociraptors in the movie about. Yeah. 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 That. Diane. Christian pulled up a picture. Diane. Dynanochris. Greek. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a word that's hard to pronounce. It basically means claw. Oh. Hmm. There you go. Good to know. What does Velociraptor mean? 
like Velociraptor fast, basically. I think. Raptor means yeah, bird of Swift prey. Swift Caesar. Swift Caesar, bird of prey, is the, would be a literal translation. Um, the other thing with Jurassic Park two, not Jurassic Park two, Jurassic Park as well, um, is that all, none of those dinosaurs would have existed at the same time together. Yeah, likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even in Jurassic Park one, they mixed Jurassic with Cretaceous. Right. And the the smartest of the raptors was actually the Trudon, not the Velociraptor. Really? Yeah. And I'm looking at this uh, this picture of a Velociraptor. Looks like four legs. It ran on four legs. Or well, it, it had, used, it it had used the two it, arms. But it used them for running. Um, it's kind possibly. of what it, what it looks like. I, um, yeah, because the two the two front arms. Also, those really cool little claws on the side. Mm-hmm. So they definitely did have that hook on the, on them. Because that, that. Oh yeah, so, like especially on, it's in the middle toe of the back. Uh, have that long claw. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I they. I was, Most I, raptors had that. It's been a while since I've been up there, but at the Tyrell Museum, visit if you can. Um, <laughs> they great. have um, uh, Velociraptor skeletons, and I'm pretty sure I did see the hook claw in there. Yeah, mo- most raptors did have that hooked claw, which is actually a cool touch. Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky with where we live. Cause yeah, we, we're nearby a dinosaur museum. And on top of that, like a lot of dinosaurs have been found in Alberta. It's true. I yeah. used to get excited every mo- uh, every time they'd announce in the news that they discovered a new dinosaur, like a yeah. few about an hour north of Calgary. Yeah, it was mm. in our lifetime that they found the Albertosaurus. Mm. They have a full Albertosaurus at the um, at the Royal Tyrell. And a, f- and a full T-Rex, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Black Beauty, I believe it's called. They, black uh, Beauty? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Because the bones yeah. are... Yeah, so the black. black. Yeah, I have pictures of that dinosaur on my. Uh, I was on my Instagram. Oh yeah, thanks. Oh, sorry. I guess it was not in our lifetime because it says since its first discovery in 1884. Oh, okay. So, there was so, something that was discovered here fairly recently. Yeah, it might have been the Edmontinosaurus. I think we discovered a, a type of raptor around here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know at the Tyrell they also have like mammoths and uh, saber-toothed tigers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the Edmontinosaurus. Let's see. 1917, actually. Okay. So I'm not sure. Um, I have a feeling there was there was some sort of dinosaur that was that was found in the, in the last while. Maybe, maybe that was when they actually found the skeleton. It wasn't a new dinosaur, but they actually found like an intact skeleton. Yeah, that's would, actually that probably sounds a lot. Which is extremely more rare. I want to go to the Royal Tyrell again. Yeah, it's yeah, so cool. Though. That's I just want to do that right now. <laughs> okay. Let's do it, boys. All right, All right, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna go up to the Tyrell. See you in a bit. All right, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. All right, we'll see you guys in a minute. My name is Lucas. I'm Liam. And I'm Christian. Um, today we're going to play a little bit of a different game. Uh, this one is uh, a game that Liam has come up with. Yeah, so this um, is uh, FanCast. Major rules, uh, you can't uh, use pick an actor who's already played that role. I don't care if they played another character in uh, comics or the same medium, but like, uh, I was, they can't be playing that same character again. And yeah, that's pretty much just the main rule. Uh-huh. Oh, and they have to. Oh, sorry, and they have to be someone that's alive. It can't be anyone who's dead. Right. Uh, today's episode, we're gonna do uh, X Men. Uh, so the characters that we're gonna be doing are Professor X, Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, and as the villain is Magneto. All right. So I guess we'll start off at the top. We'll go with Professor X. So who'd you pick, Liam? 
Uh, I picked Ray Fiennes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's way at left field of what I did. Because yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Ray Fiennes is well known as he is for playing a villain in films like um, Schindler's List or even as Lord Voldemort. I feel like he also has an innocence to him right. and like just a calming, uh, gentleman-like nature that you'd need for Professor X. He can also play a sophisticate really well and be very well spoken. Right. And it also helps that he's British. That I mean, it. Uh, he could also play Magneto. Yeah, I was actually too. I was thinking yeah, that, true. but I've got that's a true. but I've got an interesting one for Magneto. Okay, who'd you pick? Uh, I picked Sir Ben Kingsley. Me too. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's not bad at all. Yeah, I felt, I felt Ben Kingsley also has that thing where I think he just looks too sinister. I mean, he was Gandhi, but he always. <laughs> uh, he, he to me, he has kind of a a gentle face. He can't obviously. He can be a villain. Most but, yeah. most pictures of him, he's scowling, but I think he could bring... When he smiles, it brightens up the room. That's why I think he could... <laughs> I think he'd be a great Professor X. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think a lot of his bad... I, as of when I was young, I got so used to seeing him in a villain role that like, I always saw him as a bad guy. <laughs> like, there's a reason he was almost a bad guy in Expendables. Uh, Wolverine. Okay, this is, this is the point where I get gutted like a fish by the internet, um, because I dared try to recast Wolverine. Uh, Carl Urban. Okay. okay. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, like, I would have preferred to cast a shorter guy, but in all fairness, Carl Urban is shorter than Jackman. As in case a lot of you don't know, in the comics, Wolverine is only uh, uh, five foot three, and they've kind of even in comics now they've abandoned that since Jackman's come out. A six, now he's always like six three and uh, super beefy, handsome, as opposed to a short, lumbery, hairy guy. Yeah. Um, but like Carl Urban just has this wonderful intensity, and like he's always he always also just has such a likable presence on uh, screen. I feel like he could play a definitely more meaner version of Wolverine, kind of mm-hmm. like in the uh, uh, kind of like how he is in the comics. Like in the comics, Wolverine is not a guy you want to be around. Yeah, really channels the. I mean, I think he would channel dread a lot. In the comics, Wolverine is the kind of guy where if you go to a, if you see him in a bar, he's probably the guy starting a fight and like mm-hmm. ru- and just getting rowdy and fucking shit up. Well, Jackman's Wolverine is kind of more so the guy who just want to sit down and drink alone. Who'd you pick? Um. I'm 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 not for casting recasting Wolverine at all because I think Hugh Jackman played it perfectly, but I did my best. I considered Carl Urban, uh, but I th- I thought he just has too kind of a face. I, don't know, I mean, in, in Dread it works because it, it, his face is mostly covered. So I went with someone who looks a little meaner, Luke Evans. Luke Evans, okay, you know, cool. maybe. What's Luke uh, Evans in? He's Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, he's um, yeah. Bard in The Hobbit. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. He's also sure. Dracula in Dracula Untold, that movie no one saw. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I picked uh, Tom Hardy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's kind yeah. of an easy bid. Yeah. Uh, I, I also consider Tom Hardy. All right, here's a question for you guys. Just on premise for this movie alone, would you have him in the costume, like a classic yellow spandex? They would all costume? be wearing the classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd look like... Like, because one thing the Deadpool movies get right is the X-Men look like the X-Men. Mm. Brian Singer cannot come up with a good X-Men comic to, uh, costume to save his life. No, those <laughs> silver ones are really weird. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, we were, they were kind of teased. We kind of got decent teases at the end of Apocalypse, but even then it was like, uh, too little, too late, man. <laughs> um, and then Cyclops. Um, this, this one was really hard for me. Really? I've got one. Um, Army Hammer. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Taller... Like instantly has lead can kind of sell himself as a leader, but is also like tough and uh, and like no nonsense, but also has a likable presence. Cyclops always gets a bad rep as being like a prick leader. When in the com- I think a lot of that comes from the Avengers vs X Men storyline. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he, uh, I don't know, the comic Cyclops has always never been a bad guy. 
He's just kind of a dude who uh, dislike who has beef with Wolverine because Wolverine constant is this dirtbag who comes in and hits on his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> who who played Cyclops originally? Uh, James Marsden. It was James Marsden. Oh, fuck you're right. Fact, the, only, it wasn't the only reason uh, uh, Cyclops died in um, in X Men Three is because Brian Singer left to go do Superman Returns, brought Marsden with him, so they couldn't film. Uh, they couldn't get Marsden long enough to film any substantial scenes. Oh, really? Uh, who'd you pick? I picked um, an actor I'm I'm pretty fond of. He hasn't really done a whole lot in the last couple of years, but I picked Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Maybe yeah. cool. I, I considered him for Beast actually. Oh yeah, I he, could I could see that for sure mm-hmm. actually because I mean JGL that's what I call yeah. it. Um, <laughs> JGL definitely has that heroic kind of persona. Yeah, he he has the leading man yeah, he had, quality. Yeah, he's, he's not like as physically imposing as someone like Wolverine would be. He has the look of kind of like the box-jawed hero from like those old uh, pulp serials. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um and I picked Jake Gyllenhaal. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I okay. don't know if I can see that. I think I think it works for my Jean Grey. That's right. that's okay. the one that I think okay. it'll match with, but I uh, I just think Gyllenhaal oh. has that well, I mean, Marsden's, what he had was, like, kind of a cocky attitude. Or um, arrogance. Arrogance is a better way of, of looking at it. And I think uh, Hall could definitely play that arrogance. Um, he's also done that innocence, too, many times before. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, or, like, you know, solidarity. Or, yeah, that, or that, like, naivety, naivety of, yeah. of, like, being, like, a Bible-book hero. Right, which I think he could definitely manage and handle. I don't think he's ever actually played a superhero, either. Uh, Hall, well, he, uh, almost replaced Tom Hardy in Suicide Squad, but he passed because he hated the script. Yeah, and he was in talks to be Batman. Though now he may be Mysterio. I mean, you put a big dome over his head. No, you, if anybody from Mysterio, you need someone like a Bruce Campbell or a Nathan Fillion. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, Jean Grey, Liam. All right, Bryce Dallas Howard. Because she's got red hair. <laughs> no, it's more so... Um, Jessica Chastain. <laughs> no, I, well, Ch- I did consider Chastain. Did you? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is like, well, to be fair, I'm not the biggest Jean Grey fan. Um, I could, I think I could more so see Bryce Dallas Howard as just Jean Grey. If they went into the Phoenix stuff, I couldn't see her doing that. But since we're not casting the Dark Phoenix, uh, I just feel like she also has like uh, the whole like uh, buy the book, but a little more room for looseness that you need for Jean Grey. Like I'd see her and um, Army Hammer working well together. Um, that was a big part of why I went for it. Uh, that was another one that was kind of hard. I can cons- I threw a few different people around. Yeah, I really struggled with it. What about you? Um, I picked obviously an actress with red hair, and I picked her because she is my current favorite actress and never fails to impress, except maybe in uh, the the DC universe. Amy Adams. I I just think Amy Adams can basically pull anything off. Okay. And I, I think she might be a little too old. Yeah, now. that was a yeah that that was I I'm kind of casting. Uh, I didn't take age into consideration yeah, at all. Yeah, neither did I. But, yeah. Except for Ben Kingsley. He's, yeah. He's, he's yeah, Sir Ben Kingsley. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, again, my that was my one fear is that she's a little too old, but I I yeah. love Amy Adams to bits, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, like, uh, I don't know, who did you say was your uh, Cyclops again? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. Yeah, because I don't... Like, the interesting yeah. thing, like, I tried to look at the two as a couple, so I'm not sure if I could see them working well together. Yeah, that, I think that's, young... that was one That was my one of my concerns. Maybe, maybe younger Amy Adams. Yeah, younger Amy Adams. Age. I think that would work. Um, and mine was Karen Gillan. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's not bad. Yeah, yeah I think I she would that. bounce off of Jake Gyllenhaal really well. Um, would she mm-hmm. be able to mask her American a- or her British accent finally? She does it fine. Or uh, Scottish bullshit. I don't know. I think it's pretty rough in the Marvel <laughs> films. In the Guardians, it's it's harsh. But in, in Jumanji, she does it really well. Yeah, she's okay in Jumanji. I don't know. I think a lot of it is that, like, I think it's because she's so used to acting on Doctor Who. At times, I always feel like Karen Gillan can oversell her performances a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's Doctor Who. That is yeah. Doctor Who. But I feel like she has trouble kind of moving away from it. Jumanji was the one where I was kind of like, okay, you, you're you starting to get away from it a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in the first Guardians. I thought she was obnoxious. Uh, okay. Um, Beast. So keep in mind, as you gathered, my X-Men are a little older. It wouldn't be like a first-class type scenario. They would be like a little more established. Mm-hmm. So Beast would already be Beast. I chose Andy Serkis. Me too. That was one of my yeah. options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the same thing. Well, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mocap, mocap that? That would look great. Or even like if you got him to do prosthetics or something. Oh, be sweet. But I mean, like, at a, it's at a point like where I don't know if you can make the Beast costume look 100% good. Kelsey Grammer's the only guy who got it 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, looks and I thought performance. But uh, on the subject of Andy Serkis, like, well, uh, one, he's a Shakespearean trained actor. Mm-hmm. And like, he's, and it shows throughout everything. Like, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes is essentially a big bibli- biblical epic with it's, apes. Oh, it's yeah, so um, good. we will most likely do an episode on on the apes films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I don't know, I feel like he could sell the scientist part, but also like the animal intensity. Yeah, and I've actually has he ever done an American accent um, before? Not that I know of. I don't think so either, because in uh, the Marvel films, he's doing that South African accent, and he fucking nails it. Yeah, oh, he yeah. gets pretty damn close, which is one of the hard. according to most actors, that's the hardest accent to do. Yeah, because it's British, but it's not British. I was thinking more pre-Beast Beast, before he's like the blue-haired dude, and uh, I cast Martin Freeman. If it was pre-Beast, yeah. I could definitely yeah, see I. Him. Yeah, like, I can see him maybe as pre-Beast. I couldn't see him doing the, uh, like, the, an- the more animalistic part. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was... After I wrote it down, I'm like, yeah, but I don't know, well, we have to do this. Okay. <laughs> uh, my first choice was Andy Serkis, mm-hmm. but my second choice was the Mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I couldn't see that at <laughs> all. So, what's his name? Half-poor Julius... Half-poor Bjornsson. He, yeah. goes, he goes by Thor. He literally goes Dude. by Thor. But, so Thor. Yeah. Um... I, I just think imposing size and that sort of stuff, probably more so when he was Beast, and only when he was Beast. I mean, I could see him being used as a double or something. or Yeah. Um, like, it's a, like, like the Lou Ferrigno Hulk? Yeah, or exactly. Kind of, or kind of yeah. like what they do with, um, uh, what do you call it, what they did with Colossus and Deadpool, where they molded a number of actors together. So you have one guy giving the performance, but for the body, they put three actors together. Really? Interesting. They just cut them apart? Yeah, then they just took all... Yeah, and like... Yeah, <laughs> they... Yeah, it was a big Frankenstein of a visual effect, but... <laughs> I just, like I said, I just think he, he has the opposing uh, nature. Although Beast isn't really imposing, it's more so just the visual element of it that I yeah. could see. Um, he doesn't say anything in Game of Thrones, but when he... Well, I, don't, he, I haven't he, watched he, Game yeah. of Thrones. He just so. growls and, like, uh, he... He, like, has, he has a couple lines. When he crushes the guy's head. Oh, Darth! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, he, uh, I could honestly see him as, like, a juggernaut or something. Uh, Magneto. Alright. Alright, stick with me. Gary Oldman. Hmm, boo. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he can play Magneto. Although, to be fair, Mag- uh, you, Gary Oldman can play f- literally fucking anything, yeah. and it would be good. You could, cast, you could cast Gary Oldman as a five-year-old little girl, and I'd be like, yeah, well, good <laughs> casting. I mean, on top of it is he's around the right age. He's um, as it he get, he's a master of accents. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he can also, he can play, uh, he's really great at playing the sympathetic villain. Yep. Who was your um, Professor X again? Um, that was um, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes and Gary Oldman. Okay. Yeah. As a I pair, I could see that. Yeah, like, and also, like, yeah, I mean, Gary Oldman's an excellent villain, but he's, but he can also be sympathetic and, like, you can understand where he's coming from, which is something you desperately need for Magneto. He also has that face where, like, he looks like he's seen shit and been, and just been places. You know, I just feel like he would, I uh, was it, he could bring a lot. Sorry, you, what you should have said was Academy Award winner, Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> he finally won one. <laughs> yeah, he deserved it, too. <laughs> I have only seen, a second nomination. Have you seen Darkest Hour yet? No, I haven't yet. I really want to watch it because I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah, I, want, I want to see it as well. All right, uh, the actor I cast as Magneto has already been mentioned in another role. <laughs> um, I'm casting Jake Gyllenhaal as Magneto. Really? Yes. Why? Because I think Jake Gyllenhaal deserves more villain roles. After seeing him in Nightcrawler, he can be fucking terrifying. Yeah. Well, and I think prisoners can, as well. He's and pretty scary in yeah. prisoners. And and uh, I think that he can also be. He's also very sympathetic, and yet he can play the villainous. And he's also he's just convincing in everything he does. Yeah. He obviously I didn't really cast his age in mind because him and Ben Kingsley are not the same age. <laughs> yeah, be an age Jake Gyllenhaal a little yeah. bit. I think it would work. Um, you know, like that Benjamin Button shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I have two again because um, I struggled really hard. Um, first one is Tim Robbins. Um, I think it could work. Uh, I like Tim Robbins. Come I like on. Tim Robbins too, but remind me what he was he in, he's in Shawshank. He's in Shawshank okay, yeah. yeah, I could see him as a William Stryker maybe. Maybe, yeah. Even a Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, he could be a really good Thunderbolt Ross. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, and then my other choice, you guys probably aren't going to like this one, Carrie Ells. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see him play Magneto. Burn in hell, Christian. Burn in hell. I love that. Why? What's wrong with Carrie Ells? Okay, one. <laughs> Is it Ells or Elwes? Elwes. Elwes, yeah. no, I just think he's too charming. I could see him, like, if they made an X-Men movie way back in the day, I think he could have been a Cyclops. Maybe. Um, but, like, I can't see him as Magneto at all. <sighs> or, if they went for an older angel, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I just think you put the helmet on him. It's it's just like Ian McKellen, though. You put the helmet on him, you believe it. Right? Like, and same thing with Fastbender. Fastbender, oh, man, you can hear a lot of garbage trucks right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fastbender uh, got it, uh, was it, got it perfectly. Um, like, Fastbender, I... I don't know, I flip-flop between who I like more, him or McKellen. Yeah. But, like, I'd buy that he could turn into Ian McKellen. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I can buy that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll just cover this again. Uh, Professor X? Ray Fiennes. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Wolverine? Carl Urban. Luke Evans. Tom Hardy. Cyclops? Army Hammer. JGL. Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Sheen Gray. Bryce Dallas Howard. Amy Adams. Karen Gillan. Beast. Andy Serkis. Martin Freeman. Thor, or Andy Serkis. <laughs> uh, Magneto. Um, Gary Oldman. Jake Gyllenhaal. Tim Robbins, or Carrie Olds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I guess what we got to figure out is is what how, what we should do. Like, yeah. how, how we should cast this. Mm-hmm. All right. So, for, for Professor X, I think it should be Ben Kingsley. Yeah, because I've yeah. been outvoted there. Yeah. yeah. I, I do really like the idea of uh, Rick Fiennes doing it, but I, I'm, I'm, I like Ben Kingsley for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm writing Ben Kingsley down. All right, just for keeping track. Uh, Wolverine. Very hard to recast. Yeah. I don't Carl think any Urban. of us any of us are like super into our own choices. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Well, except for Ben Kingsley, I was super sold on that. 
I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. I can see I, it. I was more uh, same for Wolverine. All for Wolverine? Yeah, no, I'm not super into my... Nobody no. wants to recast Wolverine. No, because Hugh, Hugh Jackman was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I know, well, we gotta pick somebody. It's true. So, I'm sorry. Uh, you have... Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Luke Evans. And Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. I think, I think Tom Hardy could probably pull it off best. I don't know, honestly. but everybody chooses Tom Hardy. I know, it's an obvious choice, but, like, it's not a bad choice. I don't know, I think that should just be an automatic veto. Like, <laughs> I disagree. We want to stick out a little bit, man. Alright, let's throw it in out in left field. Sam Jackson plays Wolverine. <laughs> yes. Alright. the best movies of what I do, motherfucker. <laughs> shink, shink. Shink, <laughs> shink. Yeah, you didn't see that, did you? <laughs> it should be mentioned that we're three white dudes. Yeah. Doing a, if, yeah if that wasn't obvious. A already. Sam Jackson impression. <laughs> um, anyway. Shink, uh, shink, motherfucker. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Um, okay. Uh, this one's hard. I think we should yeah. round it back on this one because I don't think we're going to be able to Why don't we come this. back to that one potentially? Yeah. Um, next up was... No, guys, I got it. Alden Ehrenreich. <laughs> no. You know what? Maybe. No, I could not see that at all. Let's age him a little bit. He's short enough. Yeah, but he's not mean enough. How do you know? You've seen him in one movie. Yeah. It's a, right. it's a, I, I could see it. All right. All right, we'll come back to Wolverine. Uh, Cyclops. I, th- I think out of those options, I would go with Army Hammer, probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think that would make the most sense. I agree. Uh, Jean Grey. Considering we put Army Hammer as Cyclops, I would go Amy Adams. Yeah. I, th- um, I think that pairing works well, really well. Well, because they did play a, a struggling husband and wife in a movie together. In Nocturnal Animals? Yeah, the Army Hammer's in oh, that for sure. one scene. I didn't or know for that. like two scenes. Uh, Beast. Andy Serkis. I, I agree. I, Andy Serkis, I agree. 100%. I think he could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, both both uh, pre and post Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, like Liam said, I would love to see prosthetics. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't really like to have him mocap. Obviously, they'd have to do mocap because he's Andy Circus and or they did stuff like that. I could see him honestly blending the two a little bit. Well, because that guy, he knows so much about it. Uh, and Magneto. I'm all in on Gary Oldman. Gary honestly. Oldman. I'm not super sold on it, but I'll, ta- <laughs> I'll, I'll take the outvote. All right, and now trying to, time to figure out Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah, I don't know. You can't cast Hugh Jackman again. No. Carl Urban. I, w- I mean... I would love to just be like Hugh Jackman, but <laughs> we, we can't. This is this is the hardest thing. It is. It is. Oh fuck! You know what? Fuck it. Take him out of the movie. Yeah. Wolverine's <laughs> we're, not we're, here. We've proven that we can sell X Men movies without Wolverine. Yeah. So he'd obviously yeah. make a cameo. Then it's Jackman. If it's a cameo, it's Jackman. Um, no I'm more ta- Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah, I'm taking. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, uh, Executive decision. Wolverine's not in this movie. All right. All right. Well, uh, who fills his place then? Who fills his place? Um, Storm. Yeah, Storm probably. Sure. Um, is Storm um, historically uh, black? In yeah, the Stor- uh, Storm is from Af- she's from Africa. In fact, she even briefly had a relationship with Black Panther in Wakanda. Oh, how about uh, Lupita Nyong'o then? Yeah, yeah definitely. I, okay. Okay. <laughs> let's Done. Go for it. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> All right. So let's look at this cast then. Professor X, Ben Kingsley, yep. um, Jean Grey, Amy Adams, uh, Cyclops, Army Hammer, Beast, Andy Serkis, Storm, Lupita Nyong'o, and Magneto, Gary Oldman. Yeah, that's... It kind of gives me butterflies in the tummy thinking about that. It's not a half-bad cast. No. Okay, now, <laughs> okay, I think we know the cast. Maybe we could do director. Okay. All right. Hmm. I think we could probably do yeah. it. Yeah, Ryan Singer, no. 
Oh, no. <laughs> fuck that guy. That guy's a pedophile. <laughs> I fucking hate that douche. Oh, I think maybe Gareth Edwards could do it. Or someone like that. Maybe. And I was thinking like Drew Goddard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, I'd be down with Drew Goddard. Um, maybe, like, have him write it also, or... I think a good writer... I would honestly just bring in comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis to write it. Yeah, Because Bendis too. writes his... Uh, whenever he writes a comic, he writes it as a screenplay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, but yeah, that's a good pairing. So Drew Goddard and Bendis writing the screenplay with uh, Goddard directing it. I can see that 100%. Yeah. Like, uh, Cabin in the Woods is essentially a comic book movie anyway. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. He directed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, like, it, it plays like a comic book, everything like that, so I think he could probably manage um, it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was going to say maybe Whedon direct, but Whedon already has the Avengers, and... Yeah. And he, he sort of picked up where Zack Snyder left off in the Justice yeah, League. Yeah, and, uh, and it did not go... Well, apparently both of them weren't happy with how it turned out. Um, next question, would you do it with Marvel or Fox? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Disney's Marvel or Fox's Marvel? Um, probably with Fox, like, if it, if I could make it in vain with, like, Deadpool and stuff. Yeah. With just a little bit of violence, that sort of thing, things to mm-hmm. just, like, balance it out. Because I think you could make a, you could make an adult X-Men film yeah, again. W- yeah, no, not no, to no. say the yeah. other ones, not to say the first class ones aren't, but they're a lot more in tune with, like, younger people. Well, yeah. well Matthew Bonds is violent. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, mm-hmm. a coin through the head, or, like, even Magneto yeah. with a uh, knife. Yeah. Yeah. I think Apocalypse was definitely the most adult out of those those ones. But even um, then, it's just trying. They're they they were obsessed with trying to make it be Avengers. And that's Singer again, hey? Yeah, because yeah. he took over. Uh, he directed uh, Days of Future Past, also. I honestly don't remember anything that happened in Apocalypse. It's probably better that way. Yeah. I, I watched that movie. I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched that movie. <laughs> well, Hollywood, if you're listening. This is our fan cast. Give us money. Yeah. <laughs> I would love if they give us some money. Like, man, these three dudes sure knew how to cast a movie. <laughs> That's been uh, the Thundercast for uh, this week. Um, next week we'll come at you with uh, something else that's exciting. I don't know. I don't know what it'll be. Uh, ideas pending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ideas pending. All right, thanks for tuning into the Thundercast. My name's Christian. My name's Lucas. I'm Liam. See you next time. Alright, let's throw it down the left field. Sam Jackson plays Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Alright. The best for is what I do, motherfucker. <laughs> shink, shink. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that, did you? <laughs> it should be mentioned that we're three white dudes. Yeah. Doing a, if, uh, if that wasn't obvious. A Sam right. Jackson impression. <laughs> <laughs>